0: She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray.
1: Welcome. Welcome today to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour brought to you by, of course, 360karma.com. And we are so excited to have on a very special guest today and uh, Maureen Stockton is not only an inventor but also a guru in the branding and marketing arena and she's gonna share some incredible advice for those of you who want to maybe invent a product. Uh, Meanwhile, I hope that you're following us on Facebook and also on Twitter and Instagram at My360Karma to continue the women's empowerment conversation. So please give a warm welcome to my guest today, Maureen Stockton. Hi, Maureen. How are you? Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, You know, every week um, I have on, you know, these incredible stories and uh, women uh, never cease to amaze me. How many really positive stories there are out there about women overcoming obstacles and then just knocking it out of the park and it's such good positive endings and I feel like you know that's really your story and I want to talk about your journey to becoming this very successful incredible inventor. I think there's so many women out there that probably have a product idea in their head and they just don't know where to begin and I want to talk about you know how you conceptualize this idea and how you actually made it come to into being. Uh it, it's an incredible journey. So your life starts off early here uh, in Los Angeles. Right? With um being born to an unme- unwed mother. Yes. And uh wow, uh that that just to your very beginnings was uh
0: challenging, right? Well, and a brave woman. Yes. And so, imagine at nineteen, uh, in a, a time period where it was really unseemly to be an, a pregnant single woman. Right.
1: Not like it is more acceptable today. Back then, it right. was just so really at, unheard of. At that or.
0: point in time, a pregnant, a single pregnant woman had an option of either finding a husband quickly. Or finding a way to place their child or having an abortion. Wow. And she lived in San Diego and she h- did have access to go to Tijuana to terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her religious beliefs said, no, I'm not taking that route. And she mm-hmm. heard of a place in Los Angeles called St. Anne's. Mm-hmm. And so she went away to spend time with an aunt. Mm-hmm. That's what she told all her friends. Right. And she came to Los Angeles went to St. Anne's, and St. Anne's still exists today. Wow. They've been around for over 120 years. And they took her in. They uh, placed her in a job, and she earned some money uh, while she finished her last trimester. And two weeks before giving birth, she learned she was pregnant with twins. Wow. So you were born as twins,
1: but uh, you told me you lost your sibling my in the My twin,
0: birth? my identical twin, died at birth. Wow. And so, growing up, whenever I would hear somebody say, "Maureen, I've met someone. She looks just like you." Wow. There was that nagging thing. Well, maybe that's my twin. Oh my god. Maybe she didn't die. Wow. And
1: wow, that's crazy. So I
0: did locate my birth mother. That almost
1: that made me want to cry. (laughs) You know, my dad was supposedly uh, born as a twin. My. His mother had mentioned it in passing, but other than that, it was never really talked about, so I don't even know if it was true, but uh supposedly the same situation, yeah. but he never talked about it. I was wondering how that
0: affected you yeah i I think um, maybe you have an at angel. a very i I feel like I've been yeah. blessed with an angel, yeah, I feel like every point of my life. Uh, I've been blessed. It could have been my mother could have made a different choice Mm -hmm. and not found St. Anne's. Right. I could have been the twin that died. Right. And so I just feel like I need to live a better life because I've been blessed. No wonder you're living it full on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I love that. I love women that just live it 101%, you know. I always say I like to squeeze every day like a lemon. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So... What happened when you were placed in St. Anne's is you were adopted. You, you were a foster child, and you were adopted into a wonderful family. Yes. Wow. That was really lucky, too. So
0: I, you did have an angel. I did. Yeah. And so fortunate to be adopted by a family with an incredible work ethic. Yes. And so I think being adopted, I, um, people said, you know, when did you become an inventor? And I feel like I have invented myself every day since I can remember. Well,
1: really, listening to your story, you have reinvented yourself over and over. Yeah,
0: exactly. I know a
1: lot of people will get in a job and kind of do that for 20 or 30 years, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's very cool if they find what they love. But it's also amazing to you know see and hear someone who's reinvented themselves over and over. I totally identify with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what sign are you, by the way? I'm the, a Cancer, so oh, I cancer. love home. Oh, your home body. Okay. I make
0: my home as yeah. safe and comfortable and warm. <laughs>
1: that's that's wonderful. I'm so surprised with all your travel and all that we're going to talk about. Okay. But I guess uh, even Cancers
0: like to travel, huh? Yeah. I like to take yeah. care of things. Yeah. So yeah. it starts at home.
1: So in, in the midst of all this, you know, you're so fortunate to get adopted by this wonderful family. Yeah. But then you shared with me that tragedy struck again, uh, with the loss of your mom. Yes, uh, to suicide.
0: Um, my adoptive mother uh, made several suicide attempts, mm-hmm. and um, my brother and I were home during one of them. Oh my and gosh! And she wow. was then hospitalized and um, institutionalized and sent to live with her mother. And the protocol then was remove all stress from your life. Oh. And so we were separated from her for months. And then we went to live with her. And then we get into custody issues. Oh, so so then then that led to a divorce. uh, I see. And uh, then my father um, found another, uh, my stepmother, and uh, they remarried and my mother committed suicide. Oh, my gosh. You know, Um, being... uh, given up as a child
1: uh into foster care but then being blessed with this wonderful family and then having this tragedy you must have just been I don't know so confused as a child
0: like wow it's just like what a what a roller coaster yeah. right <laughs> yes yeah. uh and I'd say I learned um to cope with that through work I worked hard at school I looked for external validation um through achievement in school, mm-hmm. uh, after school programs. I signed up for Everything. every club, every organization. Yeah, uh, I was there, uh, but also my adoptive family had a work ethic mm-hmm. uh, that was very strong. And so we had, you know, there were four kids now, uh, my adoptive brother and two step-siblings, so we were always told you're on a budget. Mm-hmm. and uh, so we had to make things last, Right. and when we'd go to our back-to-school shopping, we'd be given a budget, and I would always buy two quality things. Mm-hmm. Wear them to death, but yeah. they were the best quality that Kmart had yeah. to offer. You know what?
1: I'm a big believer <laughs> in that. Buy something of quality, and it lasts longer. Exactly. And, yeah, something you really love. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, not for nothing, but uh, just being given up for adoption— or, you know, being in the situation where you lost your mom in that, in that fashion would bring a lot of people down that they would never rebound. And so I really admire that you somehow uh, found strength in all that, a resilience that you apply to your life. Uh, and, and so not, what, what do you attribute that to? Because not everybody rebounds like that. Like, if this is somebody else's story, how do you encourage and inspire them to, to know that they can do what you've done? And that's become a very successful businesswoman, uh, despite all these, you know, atrocities you've had to overcome.
0: Um, uh, you know, I'll say therapy. Yeah. Uh, I'll be very honest with yep. that. Yeah. and We're all big proponents of that. Uh, and my therapist said, I am surprised that you're not a strung-out drug addict. Mm-hmm. She said, you really could have gone... One of two ways. Right. And I think I've always felt blessed Mm -hmm. that, uh, and it starts with my birth to every moment. I just felt like I had the right mentors who showed up. I had encouragement, Mm -hmm. and I just feel lucky. And I brought that up with my kids, and every night we'd say our gratefuls and our ickies. And to just focus on those moments of gratitude right my
1: partner and I we do that too of thinking of what we're grateful for at the end of the day mm-hmm. and it it really is isn't it a perception and that's what I wanted to get to is yes. that even when we have these atrocities in our life these things that these obstacles we have to overcome we still uh, have a choice to either focus on that or focus on all the good because everybody's life has both yes everybody's life to dip, to varying degrees and the more you focus on the good and and that you're grateful, Mm -hmm. I think the more you manifest more of that, don't you think? I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, you obviously have this beautiful energy. You're tremendously successful. And you've been through a lot. You've been through, uh, you're on your second marriage, right? Yes. Yeah, so you had that challenge. But um, I think, uh, too, with everything that we go through, you know, we're really here. It's like a learning experience here, this human experience, don't you think? So, And, uh, and we get to seize it. Right. And we so, get to to yeah. make what we want of it. Right. So, like, you, you went through that first relationship, learn from that what you want and mm-hmm. don't want, right?
0: And then now you probably have, like, this amazing relationship. Yeah. And that's because my husband Brian and I, when we went into this relationship, we said he was also divorced. Mm-hmm. And we said, what did we learn? What was our part that contributed to the failure of our marriages? Mm-hmm. And let's learn from it and not repeat it.
1: Wow, that's great. You got such an evolved guy that was willing to look at that. Yeah. He's,
0: he's pretty awesome. Yeah, he sounds <laughs> like it. And you have four kids. Four kids. Two um, grandkids. Two grandkids. Yeah. So we've got a full life. And I feel like starting this business happened at a time where I needed it. I needed right. to get out of... Um, I had one successful company on my own, and then I focused on blending the the families, and then I really needed to get back and do something to um, one last shot, and I was looking for what is that, and I looked at a few different ideas, and this one struck. I said, I am sick of having foot pain from shoes, and I love shoes. Yeah. And yeah. I was just sick of feeling that
1: pain. They always say uh, develop a product that fits a need, uh, especially if it's a need you have.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I never knew the, the phrase, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Right. I thought it was hokey and it belonged on a morning coffee mug. Right. And so, now I live that. So I want to talk about, you know... how you created this product
1: and because i know very few women are inventors um and we'd like to see more of that happen um but uh even before you started doing this you were in marketing and branding working for a toy company helped build it from like two or three million to 250 million right right at a malibu and that was an extraordinary story and you know i think often uh in order to learn uh, it's good to work for a company that does what it is you want to be doing. I completely agree. And, and, and I know that's what you did after you got your education at UCLA. Yes. Which we love. We love <laughs> UCLA. We're actually talking to them. They have a program there. I know you started an entrepreneur yes, uh, as program an,
0: there. A, as an undergraduate. Yeah,
1: so, and the yes. interesting thing is we just met with a uh, Startup UCLA yes. about uh, aligning with us at uh, – on our She Angels project where we fund women entrepreneurs. And uh, so I thought of
0: you. I was thinking, oh, Maureen started the first, uh, you know, entrepreneur program. So when I was an undergraduate, all of of my friends were uh, interviewing for the big firms, the big accounting firms, uh, marketing firms, and I was attracted to smaller companies. And so I thought, let me get a group on campus that invites those entrepreneurs on campus to come and speak. So that you have that support. And, uh, and we learned. Yeah. And I think the best thing I learned from that and through my own experience was, there's a lot of pressure. Okay, get your undergraduate degree, go out and start a company. And my philosophy is get that undergraduate degree, go out and work for someone else. Mm-hmm. Learn your strengths and weaknesses. And I learned my strength was selling and marketing, my weakness was finance. And operations. I understand. I think a lot
1: of people relate to that. Mm -hmm. You know, the 360 Karma community, actually, I built that to help female entrepreneurs have a support system and resources Mm -hmm. because I agree with you. You know, no one's an island. And you're going to be much more successful if you surround yourself with a group that hold you accountable, that cheer you on, like we're going to talk about that you did uh, to get this product off the ground. And um, I think that's invaluable. And it's something that um, everyone needs to remember is exactly what you just said. You don't have to be good at everything to be an entrepreneur. You Mm -hmm. just have to realize what you are good at. Do more of that because that brings you happiness, Mm -hmm. and let other people do what you're not good at. And that really is the secret of being a successful entrepreneur. So many entrepreneurs try to do everything, and they burn themselves out, and they're not successful because they're trying to do everything, and they're not good at uh, half of those things. Correct. And so I always say everybody has a gift. Let those people do their gift that makes them happy and, and that you don't like to do, Right, exactly. it, makes it, a, exactly. it makes such a sense to for us all to collaborate in that fashion. I, I so, agree. And, and, and you're a living proof of that.
0: Well, and one of the things you talked about uh, in the journey of inventing something is that external accountability. Mm-hmm. And as you're toiling by yourself saying, is this a viable idea, how do I test it? Once I realized it was viable, continuing with that process became challenging because you say, ooh, I want to protect my intellectual property. I don't want someone to copy this. But without external benchmarks, it becomes difficult. Mm -hmm. And so I started sharing with people. I'd say, hmm, I'm gonna see Catherine in two months. I'm gonna tell Catherine where I'm at. So that in two months when she says to me, Maureen, how's that shoe shaper invention coming? Then I have to report back to Catherine. So I use some friends and colleagues as that external benchmarking mm-hmm. to force me to continue along the path. I'm a huge proponent of that. I think without accountability,
1: uh, things don't get done. Exactly. Even for the most uh, self-motivated people. Yes. Everybody needs accountability partners. I'm 100% in. Um, and so so basically, I love what you told me that, you know, the, your idea for this shoe shaper, Forme, form yes. is... Um, that you were realizing that your husband gets dressed from the Top down, and women get dressed from the bottom up. Meaning, oh, you yes. first think, what shoes am I going to wear based on how much do I have to walk? Am I going to be dancing? Am I going to be sitting? You know, women think in those terms of what what will be comfortable for this occasion. Exactly, which was so interesting. Uh, I never thought about how we think differently like that. And so, starting with that, you were th- you realized that he had a shoe shaper in his shoes. Right. but for over a hundred years there hadn't been one reinvented for women's shoes. Exactly. It like dated back to the suffragettes
0: when they wore like think boots the, think or something. Think of the suffragettes yeah. marching for voting Equality, rights. Equality, yeah. And think of those boots that they're wearing, those sturdy, strong, because again, there's you've got one pair of shoes. Yeah. Uh, maybe two if you're lucky. Yeah. So let's make them sturdy and strong, yet the shoe shapers haven't been updated since that time period. Isn't
1: that crazy? And I
0: personally have heels, flats, pointy toe, round toe. There was nothing that worked in those shoes. So we have a picture
1: of your shoe shaper uh, that we're going to show, and also we have one of the initial prototype. So uh, basically, uh, if someone has an idea what you did was build a prototype. Yes. And then you got a focus group of women who told you yes or no this was something they'd be interested in, which I think was a very important step.
0: It was a huge step huge because step. these were not friends and family. These weren't, you know. Yeah, because family's always going to go either, oh, that's fabulous, or are you crazy, even if it's a good idea. And a girlfriend's going to say, oh, bless you. I know how hard you've worked on this. It's good. Yeah. And I needed women who had no skin in the game. I love it. To be honest with me. Yes. So quite frankly, I went to New York for that. And uh, those are women on their feet, in their shoes, professionals. And I said, okay, ladies, please try these prototypes and let me know what you think. So what it is is you take this uh, product and yes. you put it in any
1: type of shoe, yes, uh, any woman's shoe, and it stretches it so that when you put it on, it's more comfortable. Yes. So right. it that's that's will work
0: in two And it's Cause simple. Because women's shoes
1: are really uncomfortable. It, well, yeah. they
0: can be. They can be. And what some yeah. people say is, oh, just buy the right size. And what people don't realize is, eighty percent of women have one foot that's larger than the other. Ah. So you tell me, what's the right size? Do right. I fit my large foot? Or do I fit my small foot? Right. Do I have a tight shoe for the small foot, or and then you know, or do I get the larger one and then the small sh- sh- uh, foot has the shoe flopping off it and I right. trip and fall? Right. So this they I engineered it so that it's simple to use. And you put it in, you push a button and it expands the toe area up to a half a size, and it can work as quickly as one hour. Wow. Or it might need to stay in overnight for uh, more durable, hardy materials like patent leather.
1: Right, and let's talk about how you got this created. So
0: your prototype was manufactured here in the U.S. There's a great company called Stratasys here in the U.S., and they do prototyping for the automotive industry, for the aerospace industry. Mm-hmm. And I went to them because I wanted a prototype that would last and be durable, so women could use it as if it were the real thing. Right. And this woman that
1: you worked with helped you design it. So no. Or so I
0: used uh, the the first prototype. I went to the best advice I had was Maureen, you want a product that lasts. Mm-hmm. You come from the toy industry. Toys aren't always designed to last forever. Mm. Find an engineer who makes something day in and day out that has to last. Gotcha. So I found a guy who made cars. Mm. And he made the animatronic sharks for Shark Week for the Discovery Network. Wow. And so Eddie sat down and we, we worked through what this design would be. And then I took that and had that prototyped at Stratasys. And Yvette, who we've got a picture Yvette, of. yes. Yvette was the first woman I encountered in a year and a half. Wow. There, when and we talk about no women in engineering, yeah. I lived it. Wow. And Yvette was the quality control person at Stratasys, and she made sure that every detail was right.
1: Now, how did you end up then manufacturing these in China? And a lot of people don't understand why people do that, but it's cost effective. And
0: I looked in America. Yeah. So this was, when I sought out manufacturing, I went to conventions, and there's one in Anaheim, and it's a manufacturing convention. And I walked every row and went to every booth of people who made something. And I looked at what they made, how they made it, and one of the challenges that we face in the U.S. as we talk about bring manufacturing back to our shores, the challenge is you might have somebody who can mold a product. But then you need it painted. Well that person might be in Texas who has the air quality mm. licenses to paint in a certain way. Oh, so they then have to you ship need all the product. Then in you there. need it packaged. Well that packaging facility could end up being in Arkansas or it could be in Colorado. Oh my gosh, you got to ship it again. A- then you need a warehousing facility. Right. So as you go through the different steps, that's why people do it in China. Exactly. China has set up right where all of those resources are one road away. You know, would not you think someone in the US has figured this out? We have, and that's why we're focused on technology in the US, right? Because you can do things more in a virtual manner ah. versus, I will say, old-fashioned manufacturing. So you think
1: with the technology, we'll have it, all of that in one location here in the U.S. Here in the U.S. Very soon.
0: And when we talk about, you know, uh, jobs being sent offshore, I was just at my factory last week. In China? Yes. Mm-hmm. They're automating. Mm. So robots are replacing Chinese factory workers at a higher rate than they're replacing U.S. factory workers.
1: Wow. And so you told me on your visits to China at this manufacturing company, yes. you said, uh, how many other women uh, are you dealing with uh, as far as manufacturing? And they said, Maureen, you're the only
0: one. It, oh my gosh. That blew my mind. Wow. And it hit me as I was standing in line across the border and I looked around, I looked left, I looked right, and it was all men going into this manufacturing zone. And this particular area is known for manufacturing electronics and durable goods. You know, you're so bold, because (laughs) I I
1: personally I would be scared to go into all that area not knowing anybody and, you know being the only woman and an amazing looking woman and you know Thank i mean you. aren't you nervous like traveling like that like i think most women sitting here listening to this would be like i am not bold enough to go to china but you know maybe pretty soon manufacturing here will be more accessible yes uh, for products so uh, i have to imagine there's a lot of women out there that are just envious because i'm sure they have product ideas and so you would tell them to first start by doing the due diligence you did, going to these conferences, finding the right designer, uh, the right place to manufacture mm-hmm. it. And, um, and then the, mar- you know, I know we have to wrap up, but yes. you have a marketing and uh, uh, branding background. Yes. So that you kind of had a
0: leg up on. Um, Uh, And I'll say my leg was a little old. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You had to bring yourself up to the digital age like we all have. Yeah. And I hadn't done social media marketing. I hadn't done a digital campaign. And yet
1: your uh, video just went viral. Unbelievable, Mm -hmm. Maureen. Unbelievable. you. You do have an angel. I, yeah. I really or do. Or several. I think, I have I a think you have a few. Yeah, I think, I know we all do. And uh, your journey is amazing. I wish you the best of luck with this. I know Thank we have pictures you. of you launching this in Neiman Marcus, uh, and now uh, I'm sure
0: all over the country. Uh, we've yeah. just uh, launched our website, and in the last few months, it's really taken off. In, and the website is? Forme Comfort, formecomfort Comfort so Forme com. Comfort.com. Yeah. Well, yes. how exciting. Thank you, Catherine. I know it was three years in the making. This doesn't happen
1: overnight. Uh, your tenacity uh, and, and uh, intelligence are just amazing. I mean, you're an inspiration to other women inventors, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Thank you very much. Yeah. It was a pleasure to be here. You're so Thank gracious. You. Thank you. And we hope you'll go to formacomfort.com yes. and get several pairs of these. Um, I know uh, a lot of people in my family are going <laughs> to enjoy those. Great great holiday gifts, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Something, something they won't have. <laughs> For the person that's hard to find something that uh, they well, don't have, and it's have. useful. Yeah, it's useful. So I think that was
0: yeah. important to me. To yeah. Make something and it's an attractive product. And beautiful. Yeah. It has it is. to be beautiful. It is.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. Tune in same time here at UBN, Wednesdays at noon. Make it a great day. Hugs and happiness and visit us at 360karma.com because we believe in helping you create your fate. Take care and make it a great one. Thank you.